Hebrews 11, verse 29. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. Exodus 14, verses 21 through 31. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning, watch the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud, looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and their horsemen. Of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Ooh. Come on. They're out of Egypt, get their backs up against the wall, and then one of the most famous miracles of Scripture, the, the crossing of the Red Sea, happens. You know, I, I think it's uh, helpful to note that the the w- word for dry ground that's used there, Yabasha, it uh, literally translates to dry ground. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, people that kind of try to rationalize this, but I think it's pretty clear uh, that this is just a, a straight up miraculous Miracle. event. Yep. What are your thoughts on the passage? Oh man, that that's actually an interesting point. Um, we could probably spend a lot of time talking about that. I don't think I will, but <laughs> it, it, this is a section of scripture that people will often try to say, Oh, well, you know, those ancient writers, they were explaining things that we now can explain by science. So for yeah. instance, you know, Moses, you know, turned the river, uh, a river into blood. Well, it was actually, you know, because of some sort of algae. This is actually uh, a phenomenon that occurs, and it's like, well, no. What the scriptures are telling us here is, is that Moses turned the water into blood, not into uh, red water because of algae. <laughs> and, and this passage isn't saying that like God really wonderfully worked um, in, in a powerful way to protect his people, it says, no, he divided the waters. Mm. And so it it is a good reminder for us to take God's word seriously. You know, this is one of those passages that is interesting to me and somewhat confounding, speaking of the Hebrews passage, because faith is being ascribed to the people of God. It's being ascribed to Israel, not not just Moses, but, but the people 
by faith crossed the Red Sea as mm-hmm. on dry land, mm-hmm. dry dry land. But the Egyptians, when they did, they they were they were swept over by the waters. You know, just previously, uh, previous to the verses we read in Exodus, um, uh, in Exodus chapter fourteen, the the people of God they're they're fretting. I mean, they're scared. Oh, the, yeah. the the army Egypt's army is is right there, mm-hmm. and and they're in between a rock and a hard place. And and so they cry out and they they essentially accuse God of forgetting them. You know, you brought us out because there's not enough graves in Egypt. And so that's why we're out here. So we could be killed out in the wilderness. It's amazing how quickly we can turn our back on just, you know, the Lord doing amazing things for us. And then immediately we encounter one thing we don't understand and it's like you're a terrible god terrible god yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean the passover just happened i yeah. mean all these miracles the plagues the locusts the i mean it's unbelievable but <laughs> they are afraid and mm-hmm. and then uh so we see in exodus 14 moses said to the people fear not stand firm and see the salvation of the lord which he will work for you today for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Such a awesome come line. On, come on, but but um, you know, so I think that speaks to the uh, the countenance of these people. You know, their their psychology, so to speak, and and so what does God do? He splits the Red Sea, and they walk through. Now, th- this is a little bit of conjecture, but. I'm guessing that they didn't walk through with complete and utter faithfulness and dependence on the <laughs> Lord. I think they probably went in with fear and trembling. Everything I know about Israel, yeah. faithfulness is not the first word that comes to mind to totally, characterize totally. them, right? And and so anyway, they they nevertheless pass through. And then what happens? The waters come down. Now, the the point that I'm building to here is is um is this their faith led them to experience a type of salvation that the Lord provided for mm-hmm. them. Um, you know, if if we're doing a, a quick word study or a theme study of the Bible, if we're if when it, almost always when we're talking about water, what we see whenever there's water in the scriptures is the idea of chaos and the idea of judgment. So so water yeah. is often used to depict the judgment of god and so we even saw that uh several weeks back a couple weeks back as we're thinking about noah passing through the flood waters and landing on dry ground that that water is one of those things that represents god's judgment on the world that was filled with wickedness well in a similar way here water serves as god's judgment upon man and and what do we see so here's here's the point on the basis of faith the people of God experienced God's saving grace and they were allowed to pass through Mm. and Egypt lacking faith, seeking to destroy the people of God experienced God's strong right hand against them Mm -hmm. as he fought for Israel Mm -hmm. as a faithful and loving God does. And he poured out his judgment upon these people. Meanwhile, Israel safe and sound on the other side because of their faith in the Lord as weak as it might've been. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's easy 
Uh, I really like the term narcissist, you know, kind of like mm. reading yourself into a passage. Yep. Yep. I, I think this is one of those passages. And, and, and you know, I, I've never heard that term. That's so oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's brilliant, but I've never heard that. Yeah. I, I don't even remember where I first heard it, but um, Eric Mason in Philly, he's like used it mm -hmm. some, like it's, it's becoming a little more, I guess, popularized. Um, but yeah, so reading yourself into a passage, I think it's easy to like, only you know be like oh you know my back's against the wall of like credit uh -huh. card debt or whatever yep, 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 and yep. the lord's gonna lead me through <laughs> and, and i don't think that's like a sinful interpretation because sure, sure. like the lord does provide a way for us but yeah, i think what God. we like have to see in the story is two people groups who both deserve to be swallowed up by the yep. ocean yep you know and ah, so right, yeah. what brings israel through is the lord's favor towards them it, it's god being faithful to a promise he made to a man they never met right you know abraham yep and, and isaac and jacob that is the sole reason that the lord brings them through because again like they you know they believe the lord's word about passover but then as soon as they're out in the wilderness it, it, their faith it is totally you know diminished to nothing and, yep. and this happens time and time again and yet god is faithful to his word and makes a way for them to pass through and you know i, I think that this points so well to to baptism that mm -hmm. right you know we all deserve to go under the water yep. and not come back up yeah but we're buried with christ in his death and raised up Amen. with him and, and he, he made a way through the water for us and so this is ultimately Probably a story that's not so much about credit card debt or, nope. you know, whatever. I don't think it is. And uh, <laughs> more just fully a picture of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it and it it is one of those things where we can be encouraged in our credit yeah. card debt because we have a mighty God who fights for us in a whole yeah. host of ways. Yeah. We, but, should, we should still avoid credit card debt. But we, should, we should avoid we should <laughs> avoid credit card debt. And we have to be really careful to not use these sorts of passages to so quickly jump to um here i don't want to minimize the anxiety that might come through credit card debt but yeah god has something so big yeah. and so eternal in mind that he wants to communicate through this passage yeah. that to to take from it you know i need god to part the proverbial sea of my credit card debt mm -hmm. and, uh, and and lead me through <coughs> That would be to to miss the enormity of this passage, and I think ultimately to miss the profound blessing. God might very well deliver you from credit card debt, and you might lose your soul to hell. Right? Yeah. Like that's a that would mm -hmm. be a terrible thing. But what this passage is saying is is that we will have treasures forever Amen. because of Christ. Right. Amen. And so so we we gotta let the enormity of these passages hit us in the face sometimes before we begin yeah. to be encouraged by the fact that we have a mighty God. Who can do whatever he wants to yeah and and that's like with the narcissist thing this is so helpful you uh you it's not like these biblical passages don't have encouragement for right. our real life day-to-day -day problems yes but you know I, I think a story like david and goliath or mm -hmm. crossing the red sea it's easy to read that and your immediate takeaway be like i'm gonna be okay uh-huh i think the takeaway should really be God is so, so good and yeah. so, so powerful. 
Yeah. And so I'm going to be okay. You yeah. know, like yeah. it, it, it is still has a, a powerful effect, but when the glory of God is like the first thing that's magnified to us, yep. then it's a more rich and like lasting hope, yeah. you know? Yeah. I know, I know we're going long here, but man, I, that just takes me back. Uh, I wish that I was here uh, a couple days ago <laughs> with, with, uh, oh, let me find it. Hebrews uh, 24 through 27. It's one of my favorite passages oh, yeah. in all of scripture. It, the Lord's used it in really cool ways in my life, but, but in that, you know, um, uh, author of Hebrews says that Moses, you know, was faithful, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people yeah. of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. He was looking to the reward. The reward there, I want us to be clear, is God himself. Amen. God is the greater treasure that makes it so that even uh, experiencing the sufferings of Christ in this life, which can mean all sorts of things, including debt in this life, yeah. suffering with Christ is greater than experiencing the full array of benefits that come in indulging the flesh. All the treasures of Egypt don't hold a candle to the satisfying, uh, glorious reality of knowing Christ, even in the midst of profound suffering. Amen. And so if God chooses to, to deliver us and give us a relatively easy life in this life, then, then praise the Lord. And if he doesn't, then we can praise the Lord too, because God himself is our reward and our treasure. And we have him safe and secure in Christ forever. Yes, that's such a great word. Moses never got to the promised land. Right. What was the reward? Uh, I just think one of my favorite passages in the Bible is, um, and this is going to be a rough paraphrase, but um, it's, you know, so Moses or God met Moses in the tent of meeting every day uh, and spoke to him face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Uh, he he had a fellowship with God and that was a greater reward than all the riches of Egypt. So beautiful. may we uh, live today in pursuit of that as well. For Jackson Randall, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404 404- 465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.